Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 28 with guest Diane Polly. First, I want to thank all of you for your ongoing support for this podcast. March and April are shaping up to be awesome months, both because of the guests that are going to be on the show and also just because of the sheer number of cool things that I've got going on. In addition to Jumpstart Your Joy being available on Google Play now, we're also on Player FM. And it does look like from the stats that a lot of you guys are listening from Player FM. So, hi. (laughs) This means that you now have more ways to listen to the show, not just from your phone or your mobile device, but now you can listen to the show on your desktop, uh, either off of jumpstartyourjoy.com, or if you want to head over to Player FM and look up the show, you can subscribe there as well. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you guys to go sign up for my weekly email, which is called The Joy Chronicles. I send a little personal note out each week that includes fun information and stuff that just isn't found anywhere else. So for right now, I'm offering a free copy of my workbook, which is called What Lights You Up? And it will help you rediscover what brings you joy and find ways to incorporate that into your life. So go get it soon because I have plans to swap it out for another freebie in the near future. To pick that up, you just want to head over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com and register. There's a handy little form in the right-hand side of the site, uh, and you can enter right there. Plus, of course, you'll be notified every time there's a new episode being posted to the site. Those newsletters go out on Wednesdays. You'll also want to sign up because I have some big news coming up on an e-course I will be offering in March, late March or early April, and I promise it'll be awesome. Guys, this week I have Diane Polly on the show. She's an amazing powerhouse and helps people find their special someones, but from a business standpoint, she taps into ways of finding the right people to reach out to for your business and not in that icky mass marketing way. She teaches small business women and coaches how to find the right people and how to find clients that are a great match for them. So you want to stay tuned for the whole interview because it's chock full of goodness. And if you own your own business, I bet you're going to want to take notes. (laughs) If you like what Diane has to say, be sure and go over to the site and follow the links for Diane's complimentary workshop, which are happening throughout March. You can get the show notes with all of these links by going over to the site at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Diane Pauly. She spelled her last name P-A-U-L-E-Y. So now... On to the interview with Diane. Hello. Today on the show, we have an interview with Diane Polly. She is the client conversationalist. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you for having me, Paula. Yes, so delighted that you're here. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your early sparks of joy and what brought you joy as a child? Yes. I <laughs> I love all of these um, bits and pieces, especially when I get asked what I loved when I was a little kid. And when I think back, I was so, so creative. I feel like I was one of those kids who wanted to be one of the three things, like singer, actress, or dancer, although I was not good at 
any of those in particular. <laughs> but I think we just have such joy, which is the topic today, you know, when we're when we're young and all of the societal pressures aren't on us. So I really delved into novels and books and writing. I really loved to write when I was little and just anything that sparked my creative imagination made me feel like I was living in my own fairy tale in a way, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, that totally makes sense. I also really loved acting and singing. I was not necessarily a good singer, but I was totally a loud singer. And I loved it. Yeah. And I loved a good fairy tale and, like, secret gardens. Those That always sparked the imagination. So as a client conversationalist, could you explain what that title means and who you work with? Yeah, sure thing. So I... And my business has taken many evolutions up until this point. Finally, I feel in total alignment. And um, I call myself a client conversationalist among many things. But I think that sums it up because my passion really lies in teaching other heart and soul women entrepreneurs like myself how to do business in a really different way, you know, where it's not about hustling and list building and webinars and selling and the stuff that I feel if we operate from our heart and soul just doesn't feel good at the end of the day and doesn't connect with us as much as we'd like it to. So I show them that we can replace, you know, all of these avenues of building up a possible hit and miss clientele with what I call special someone. So if we focus on having special someone's in business and replacing that idea of hard selling with what I love, conversations. And that's how I believe we can start to build up what I think is a purposeful business and eventually a movement when we connect with that someone we're meant to work with and connect with that message and convey it in a really conversational way. Yes, I love that. And before we hit play on the actual interview, we were talking about how it's really a breath of fresh air to find an entrepreneur who is leading with their heart instead of getting caught up in the hustle. Why do you think so many entrepreneurs get caught up in the hustle? Yeah, no, great question. And um, I was one of them, so I can just dip into my own experience here. I think it's really hard. A lot of us, um, you know, take the path where we quit a corporate job and we've been trained so well by education and society to think a certain way that we don't realize in order to come from this heart and soul place, we have to unlearn everything, which is a process Mm -hmm. in and of itself. So we immediately go straight to the head and the logic instead of tapping into the heart because it's not easy and it's uncomfortable. So when I first started my older little business in my um, old corporate cubicle, I was totally in that hustle pressure mode because I was surrounded by that environment in a corporate atmosphere. And then when I delved into the online world and dipped my toes into that, I started seeing all of these entrepreneurs talk about the hustle and talk about it has to be done this way and, you know, go through this process. And none of that ever worked for me, but I never was told there's a different way. And I was never given the space to figure out what worked for me. So, you know, taking programs, I just immediately thought, oh my gosh, I've got to get a website up. I've got to get photos up. And I did, and they didn't make any sense. And I thought, build it. They will come. It'll work. And that is so not true. So I, like many people, had to learn the wrong way, hit a wall, and then realize, okay, 
can pick myself back up and unlearn what's not working and really tap into who I am and operate from there. Yeah, I love what you've said about that idea of start with your head. Because so many of us get wrapped up in the idea that marketing works and there's a reason for it. And these are some of the pieces that you must have for a successful business. And that's what so many of even the books out there focus on, you know, to set up a business. You know, of course, you do need a website for people to find you. But then that kind of begs the question of how do you want to feel in this business? And if you can craft it any way you want, what does that look like? So you made the jump of entrepreneurship in... So after your first year of being out on your own as an entrepreneur, I know you radically transformed your business. Would you like to talk a little bit about what happened in that year and then what changed? Looking back, um, I really did jump full time into entrepreneurship in 2014. It's crazy. It's two years ago now. But um, I quit that corporate job at the beginning, January 2014, and I had another business that I was running at that time, which looking back now, I didn't realize it was actually more of a startup. But I was using all of those business principles that we were just talking about now in that business, operating from head and how over heart and why. And because of that, I I had everything in place. I had a website. I had visibility. I had people asking me if they could guest post on my site. So I did all the stuff everyone talks about. But what I didn't realize is I didn't take the time. I fast forwarded past building up the foundation and really asking myself those core questions. You know, that ideal or special someone piece I talk about, who is this ideal client person I'm speaking to? What is my message I'm delivering? What problem am I solving? And I only had wishy-washy answers around all of that. And because of that, I actually at the end of 2014, the end of that year, just to a crashing halt, I had a few clients who were great. Over the past, I did have that in place. I did end up connecting with a few special someone who I, I still am in touch with today. But overall, as I put my message out there, it wasn't clicking in the way I wanted it to. And I was slowly seeing um, my PayPal account dwindle down and I was really, to put it bluntly, losing my shit. I did not know what was happening. And I was like, I quit a normal job to lead a non-normal life. I cannot go back. So at the end of 2014, um, entering into 2015 last year, I really saw that as a turning point for myself. I said, all right, Diane, it's time to put both feet in the fire and really focus on the foundation, which you did not build up this past year. So that's what I did at the beginning of 2015. I rebranded myself as my own entity, as my own business, Diane Polly. And I took one piece of what I was doing. I was coaching before, but I knew I was really great at writing. I knew I was really great at conversations and words. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just delve into this one piece this year and really start to get in touch with Who is my person? (laughs) What is my message as I'm doing this work? So I just was delving into copywriting last year, even though I did coach beforehand. Um, And I cut my ideal client um, base down by a gender. I was working with men and women before, but I looked at, all right, um, fresh start. I am only attracting women, so let me go with that. Most of them were in relationships. Um, Most of them had faith of some sort, and I looked at it and I was like, oh my goodness, 
this person, every time I do this ideal client avatar, is me every Mm. single time. So I kind of ran with that concept last year, and it helped me get clear on my someone. It helped me get clear on my message. And finally, I got the confidence through the end of last year to say, you know what, I'm ready to break out of this box I put myself in because I feel confident in the foundation that I started to build. And I really love that you had the presence to slow down and say, wait, let's just focus on one thing. And I think that's a really interesting way to go because I know even in my own business model, I feel like I want to do everything, but then I realized that oftentimes if I slow down, I'm actually able to go faster and get more done once I've spent some time focusing. And realizing that your ideal client is a version or a past version of you, like, wow, that that seems like that would be an amazing game changer. Yeah, that's, uh, yep, it's still a game changer this year. Absolutely. That was the crux of everything for me. And looking back, what would you tell that 2014 version of yourself? Ooh, so good. (laughs) Um, I think looking back, I would tell her, you know, almost like a little version of myself a meeting, Um, something really simple, but something really profound, I believe that, you know, it's it's all going to be okay. Because if I think back to that moment, I was pulling out my hair, I was losing it. I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to have to go work the coffee shop down the street? I mean, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But I had all of these what ifs and ifs hands and butts. And I would just go back and tell her, you know what, right now you're in the greatest position ever because you are consciously choosing to go back to your why, to go back to your heart and you're preserving your integrity in this way. And you're going to be building something on really strong footing on a really strong ground and foundation. And this is the first step to doing that. So be proud. Uh, Just look at one step in front of the other, don't look at the end game, and you're doing the right thing, and that it's all going to be okay. (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. And would you say that you'd do anything differently? Would you change anything? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty happy with the end result, and that you had to go through the journey to get to where you are. I tend to live life now. I know it's kind of cliche, but I, I don't want to have any regrets. But in that perspective, the way I look at it is that I make mistakes all the time. I mean, we're all human. But I think if I didn't make the mistakes and if I didn't go on this journey, and especially when I'm teaching my clients now about, you know, through all your mistakes, you accumulate all these lessons that you can then teach from, I don't think I, you know, have as much content as I do or experience as I have in this well of I know I'm young, but I can say I feel like I have this wall of wisdom I can tap into. And it's only because I've made mistakes and I fumbled and I've fallen down more times than I can count. But when I'm going through it, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. It really sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? But a few weeks later, a few months later, I'm like, I think I'm so thankful that I fell down because now I have a story. Now I have a lesson I've learned. So. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I tend to live with that no regrets idea as well. I mean, there may have been one or two things that I wish I could have done, but there's also no reason now why I couldn't still do them. You've also made a reference to a quote that you have tattooed on your shoulder. Would you like to share what that is? 
it's funny, I forget that you can kind of see it in my profile picture too. It says, as long as there is someone in the sky to protect me, there is no one on earth who could break me. Originally, there were a few different reasons that I, I got that. My mom had passed away when I was young, when I was around six, and um, I encountered a lot of losses after that as well. That was really the big loss for me. That kind of tore down my creative fairy tale world and made me get into, you know, the societal pressures and, and being this type of person and really becoming a shell of who I was. So it was a real big point on my journey, which I've had to delve back into with everything I'm teaching now and my idea of worth and everything I talk about. Um, but I got that because, you know, I always feel like and being watched over with everything I do. So I think originally I got that um, for my mom and everyone else in my life who um, is no longer here, unfortunately. But I also, um, and I don't talk about it that much because I know everyone has their own views, but I have my own personal take on faith and uh, always feeling like I'm connected to a bigger purpose and I have a bigger calling on my life. And when we were just talking about if I would go back and do anything differently and having regrets and, you know, wishing you had done things quicker, I always feel like I'm not operating on my own agenda, especially these days as I tap more into what I feel is my purpose. I feel like it's not, it's not of my own will of my own um, agenda. I feel like I'm just tapping into this bigger purpose in me, which feels really good. And I'm just following the signs and the blueprints and the breadcrumbs as the client beautifully says as that I get along the way. And that really helps me feel grounded at the end of the day. Yeah, in my own life, I've always had like a really strong call over to the spiritual side of things. I even went to divinity school for grad school. And it always seemed like it was a little bit hard to reconcile. Like for example, in college, I was in a sorority, but I was also a religious studies major. And everyone would say, oh, you'll make a great nun. And it's just always been interesting to me that there's this opinion in society that like religion and religious studies has a very specific direction and it's highly religious and oftentimes the path is ordainment into the ministry. And of course, I have friends who are both nuns and ordained ministers. And it's just really interesting the way that people are sometimes able to walk that line of spirituality and religiousness um, because I think I saw maybe it was a video that you had posted about the quote on your shoulder and it just seems like that there's this beautiful quiet faith that drives a lot of your decisions and and in that your business decisions and I just love that you were speaking this language that I am so familiar with but it it seems so rare to find it in this day and age. Thank you. Yeah, and that just gives me a buffer to speak about it more, too, a boost there, for sure. How do you find that sharing your own truths opens you up to the ideal client? The place where I come from now, these days, where I believe that if we choose to tap into it, we have a special someone in our business. I believe our truth is the only thing we can tell them that will attract them. And if I could just delve into this so it makes sense um, really quickly, it's just the idea that, um, like we said before, this someone is just someone like you. And the way I look at it is that, all right, maybe there are a few steps behind me, whatever that looks like, let's label that point A. And I'm at this 
point B, which means that even though I feel like I have so much to do and I may not be like good enough for them right now, in their eyes, I am enough. And this applies to, you know, everyone and the clients that I teach too, and everyone listening is that you are enough for this person already. And it, it, it takes a while to sink in. But when you think about that, it's like, oh my goodness, this means that everything I've gone through is what they want to know. So I really have all the content that I'm meant to teach already in my story, in my truth, in my experience, in my lessons. And then the beauty of that is that you package up your transformation and then are, are able to teach it to someone else. And the reason why, if you think about it, it's like, oh, wait, if it's that simple, why don't more people do it? I think it's because it's hard. Most people want to stay on the surface. They don't want to go deep into this stuff. And in order to meet that person, you have to meet yourself there first. You have to choose to go back there. And it's really showing not just yourself, but this person um, empathy, which moves way past sympathy, which I think is used too much in business. Oh, yeah, I really like that, especially the part about packaging up your transformation, especially because that's a lot of what this show is often about. It's often the hardest parts of our lives that then lead us to our greatest joys. But then this other idea that as entrepreneurs, our past and those hardships may be the key to unpack who our ideal client is. I mean, it's really inspiring. I'm glad I'm glad that resonated. And I yeah. think people forget, you know, just one other note is I think people forget too. They see it a lot of times now that, oh, you know, you can make this much in this amount of time. I think people lose the real purpose of business and becoming an entrepreneur. It's not it's not that at the end of the day. And the ones that I have seen build a business right that turns into a movement and a mission, it's hard, you know, and go do something else. If you're aiming to, you know, make a certain amount quickly, this is really a personal journey. It's like a hero's journey you go on to getting to know who you are and tapping into your purpose and your joy and everything you were saying. Yes, I love the hero's journey. But of course, that's Joseph Campbell. And he writes about, um, the hero who goes looking for himself or herself and then coming up against the odds uh, realizes that the journey is really about learning something about himself um, and then goes back home after figuring it out. Why is it that you think that so few of us are willing to dive into that authentic relationship and really dig deep into ourselves to figure out what's going on as we take the entrepreneur journey. Um, I know you said it's hard and this is really an important piece here, an important question. It's it definitely it's hard, but I think that's one facet of it. I think if we actually recognize that and what you said, you know, it's and everything we've been talking about, the hero's journey and packaging up your transformation, you can start to realize that this stuff gets deep. And I think in what I've discovered in the midst of everything, we are scared of failure and we are also scared of success and I've seen that so much more in business and entrepreneurship and sometimes we are keen and we are very quick to list to create a quick rundown list of all of our faults and all of our failures but I think a part of us is really scared to see how much we are capable of and to see how positive we can be and how much of an influence we can be 
And I think that's what we start to tap into when we start to look at our transformation. It goes from you recognizing, yes, there are all these things that have happened in my life, but because of that, wow, I have purpose. I can lead someone else and teach someone else, and I think we can become very scared of that. Um, Something that I've seen just leading um, clients through this process, and now they're starting to be on the other side now, which is amazing, is that sometimes when we talk, and it's interesting, this has happened a few times, when I look at that point A and that point B, they may be just coming out of that point A moment themselves, and they may be going through something at the time that we talk where they're just on their way to B. So they really don't feel like they're ready yet to teach someone else. And this person, you know, they talk about this someone, it, it is you at the end of the day. And what I've learned personally is going through this process myself as well, it, going back and meeting a version of myself, you know, and realizing, am I ready to go back to that dark place? Because in order to meet someone else there, I have to willingly go back there myself first and how I am able to share my truth and connect in a way where I speak my person's language these days. It's because I've gone back there, but I've also done a lot of stuff that we don't think about in business. I've used that practice of forgiving myself for things and turning what I like to call my wounds into scars, which allows me to heal and allows me to share from a not wanting to receive place but a wanting to give place, which allows me to do what I call strategic vulnerability online and share my lessons learned. And it, it's so hard because if I think about it as my special someone is going to be someone that's going through the transformation that I've already been through, mm-hmm. it does mean that I have to get really comfortable. Mm-hmm. It means that I have to get really comfortable with the darkness yeah. Because that's really what she's probably about to meet. Yeah. I love Brene Brown. She has a video on this because it really is the practice of empathy. And it, it, she does it in a really amazing cartoon where basically someone's down in a dark hole and then they're all cartoon characters. So it's like a fox is down in the hole and then this bear walks, walks down a ladder to meet this fox. And um, how she describes empathy is the bear is willingly choosing to connect with a feeling in him that connects with a feeling in the fox, in the darkness, so that they can walk up the ladder and go to the light together. Um, And there's another little animal character at the top of the hole who doesn't want to go down there. And he's just like, hey, can I get you guys anything? You want a sandwich? And she's like, that is not empathy. That is great. Well, and you kind of wonder if the guy on the outside is just too afraid to go in there, but he's very curious. Yeah, he's curious, but he doesn't want to go. (laughs) In your work, one of your key principal ideas is that everyone is not your someone. How can entrepreneurs get comfortable with focusing on a narrower group of people when that often feels like they're dismissing a large group of potential clients, especially when they're just starting out? No, totally. And that's such a legitimate fear and question, of course. Um, Well, before I go into my very funny analogies real quick, which kind of put it into perspective for me, at least, um, and a few people I speak to, 
the way I look at it as well is, um, and just building off what we were talking about before, is that doing just the benefit of connecting with one person, especially not just anyone, but a special someone in this way, you, someone like you who is a few steps behind you, as we've seen just in our conversation so far, it allows you to not, it almost like eliminates the hustling, the chasing down, the list building, the selling to random people, which may turn into refunds later because they were not your someone's, which I've gone through, which is the standard way of operating these days. It eliminates all of that, but it is scary because you are choosing to take that time to get to know a version of you. But in doing that, right, you like we've learned so far just talking, you tap into all the stuff that you know already. You already know who this person is, where they are, what they're feeling, what to tell them there, because that's what you needed to hear. And that when I started speaking from that place last year, I immediately started these women would come out of the woodwork on social media and say, thank you so much. You're tapping into my heart and soul right now. How are you speaking my language? And I saw more benefits to that. It was basically working smarter, not harder than having to randomly figure out on all these discovery calls, is this my person? Because I could go there because I knew I was speaking to a version of me. But to put this into um, a realistic perspective, I'm laughing because um I use this dating analogy all the time and my clients laugh, but it's true. I look at it offline concepts, online in business, and I compare business to dating a lot. And I look at um, trying to work with everyone as, okay, if I did that in my real life, I would be, and thank God I'm, I finally have a special someone in my life. Dating was very hard for me. It's hard to date everybody. You know, we always want to look for that one person. So when it comes to business, I feel like if we're trying to have a discovery call with everybody versus our someone, it's like we're on Tinder versus Match.com. That's my little funny analogy there. But um, <laughs> And it's so true because when you're just starting out, you don't really have the emotional space or even the, the time and energy to just go after, quote unquote, everyone as your clients. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's um, the difference between having like a short term business relationship or the equivalent, you know, like a one night stand versus a long lasting client relationship or a forever, you know, person in your life. I love, I think it was for an eHarmony commercial I was watching and I was like, oh my God, this so applies to business <laughs> because this woman um, was talking to the great um, man who is the face of eHarmony and she was like, oh, I don't have time for you guys because I'm already on a bunch of other dating sites. Like, have you found anyone yet? She's like, no. He was like, well, why didn't you fill out our, you know, our profile? She's like, there's too many questions. And he's like, well, are you in it? For the short short term, or are you in it forever? And she's like, oh, well, I guess I, oh, if I'm in it forever, yeah, I should put all this information down about myself and really think about what I'm looking for. That's the same concept I use in business because it's a little bit more work at the beginning, but it pays off in the long run. I I love how that dovetails. Um, Michelle Ward has also been on the show. I love how that dovetails um, with the work of Michelle Ward and I will link up her 
I will link up her episode in the show notes. Um, but she talks about using gatekeeping language to really identify and help you identify with the people that you would be the best match for as clients. And I think this is such a similar idea, but just a different angle on it. And it's awesome because it takes a little bit of courage to be very specific about who you want to work with. And in the long run, that work of putting the language in up front really helps define probably what turns out to be a longer standing relationship and something that is more fulfilling to everyone involved. Yeah. Taking this principle to heart, you've also changed up your own approach to working with your ideal clients. What's changed and how is it working for you? I do business a lot differently than most people. And I think the people I attract see that as well. And it was a process last year as I, you know, narrowed in my focus on all fronts and really just tried to hone into this message and figure out how do I interact. I'm only working with someone's and wanting to attract those individuals. I like to use this, just this kind of terminology. Um, I think I have it on my um, Skype handle, actually, these three A's that I go by. It's like my step one, my step two, and my step three. And my step one, they all start with A, is alignment. You know, and being in that truth and that connection with your heart and soul that you're connecting with that person, you know, who's like you, if you connect with that version of yourself first, I believe too, that leads to attraction. So that leads to you just naturally attracting that person into your life, whether it's life or business, because it applies everywhere. And then three, that leads to abundance in all senses of the words, which I have found. And when I started employing that into business, I realized that I started operating without using any of those things that I was mentioning before. I don't hustle anymore, and it just and all these things just feel icky to me anyway. Um, I don't like webinars, the traditional sense of that word, and I don't like hard selling people. I don't like uh, going on discovery calls. So how I offer, how I've been operating these past few months is at the beginning when no one knew me, I would go into different Facebook groups. And instead of just being like a running infomercial, hey, this is who I am and here's my thing, sign up, I would think how would I want to operate if I was offline and I always asked myself that question. So I went in and I would serve and I would show up and I would answer people's questions, but I also gave people, you know, an example of what I did and like a little clip of, or a little exercise of what I could help them with if they wanted to learn more. And then after that, I would carry conversations with those people engaging to a private message or an email. And then I would invite them into my own private space, my own Facebook group where I felt more comfortable engaging with them. And now that's morphed into something even more because I've been able to really start to identify my special someone. I had a group I was running last year, um, probably 500 people in that Facebook group. And I've pared that down now. And I am starting a new private, you know, space, which only has, I think at this point, um, 50 people, but I can honest to God say all of those are my special someone. And I don't have to go into huge groups anymore and do this. I just these days post from my own personal wall and um, on social media, on Facebook, and I write what I call um, sticky posts. And they are 
pieces of content that stick to my client's heart and soul where they do say things like, oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. This hits my heart. How are you doing this? And because I get so aligned with me, what would I say to myself? I feel like someone may be feeling this now in this moment. So what can I say to meet them there? And, you know, what would I tell myself in this moment? So that immediately attracts those individuals who I can invite into this intimate space with me and it allows me to operate from this intimacy, which is really important to me where I can have long lasting relationships, deep and meaningful conversations. And I don't even create really sales pages anymore or have discovery calls because all I do is just continue these relationships and these conversations with these individuals because I've done what I like to call the wooing. I think we have a responsibility to operate like gentle women in our business and woo are special someone. So it takes a lot of engaging and sweeping them off their feet at the beginning. But then we get into a practice like where I feel like I'm am now where I can pop the question easily and they'll say yes. <laughs> I love it because that analogy of dating and business and the special relationship that you do or that many of us want to have with a client is so is so spot on and it makes it really easy and digestible and it's it really makes you unique in the marketplace that that's something that you use as an example as well. Thank wow. you. I have lots of dating analogies. If someone listening has a big dream about how they could make a change in the world, what advice would you give them about bringing their dream into action? When it comes to the big dream, I think it's really important to look at it on all friends to really actually do what I told my, what you asked me to tell my 2014 self, you know, to not, to not give up on it and to really almost, if you can write it down somewhere and post it up, whether, you know, anyone listening right now is still in, like we know, you know, what it's like to be in a corporate arena or at their house, if they can post it up somewhere. I used to have my goals and my dreams and my visions posted up in my old cubicle, and then I would have them posted up on my wall at home that I could look at every day because I think it's really hard sometimes when we dive headfirst into the entrepreneurial world and we start to build our big dream and we start to figure out, okay, how am I actually going to make this a reality? As we've talked about, we find that, oh, my gosh, I'm immediately going straight into my head. I had this protected dream that was lying in my heart, and now I'm trying to operate like it's just in my head. And I found this with one of my clients recently, too. It's, um, she's, she's still working um, a very corporate job, and she has this amazing, beautiful dream. And I have to remind her sometimes, because when we're, we're chatting, you know, and it's very easy, she can go into the headspace. And I used to fall prey to that all the time. Okay, well, how do I get the lead page up? And how do I get, you know, people to opt in? And how do I do this and this and this? And I'm like, take a step back. One second. Take a deep breath. Do you remember how amazing it was when you were just in that why and heart space dreaming that big dream and being in that space and all those possibilities that were coming to fruition? Because I don't think any of us is meant to be cookie cutter. And I have seen personally, to my dismay sometimes, people 
who have had these big dreams get into the entrepreneurial world and start hustling and start doing all of these standard ways of operating that have put their dreams aside and almost burst at their big dream bubbles in a way. And they ended up getting distracted or playing smaller or doing a different version of their big dream that they had at heart at the very beginning. And that saddens me to see. And that's why I always make sure to keep operating from my wise space, even though I may feel crazy at times, <laughs> even though I may be like, no one else is doing this. What, what are you doing? Anytime I feel like I'm doing something that no one else is doing or I feel out of my mind, I always trust that feeling, and any time resistance comes up, and I was telling you now I'm just getting over a cold because I feel like I'm, you know, meeting that resistance because I'm getting to a new level, you always trust that because that means you're on the right path. If you're surrounded by yes people all the time, that's not a good thing. So basically, to sum all this up, I would tell anyone listening with the big dream to post that up somewhere where you can look at it every day and constantly tap back into and fall back into your heart, soul, and wise space so you can keep that precious dream protected and intact to preserve your your power around that and your integrity because you will find people along the way on this journey trying to turn it and morph it into something that it's not. But you have all the answers you need within yourself. So to always keep that dream precious. Yes, I love this. And I love your thoughts around the head and how and heart and why and really dipping into your heart and figuring out why you want to do something and last and most joyfully what are the three ways you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life in the world and in other people's lives (laughs) number one would be to start with why always 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 and i just want to give reference to other people um who have said these things first because they're geniuses so Simon Sinek um, has a book called Start With Why, and I think he's absolutely incredible around this concept. Um, Number two, I just went to see this um, speaker recently. His name is Kyle Cease. He's a transformational comedian, which is amazing. And he knows more about business than most business coaches I've spoken to. Um, So the second piece that he says is to love it up, love everything you are right now, the situation you're in right now, just everything you're surrounded with right now, because I think that also helps put you back into alignment and helps you get back into that wise space as well when you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing things wrong, or oh, my gosh, this isn't right. Just love yourself in that moment. And then number three, and this builds on the empathy piece and you know the purpose piece, um, there's someone that I follow who actually lives in my city um, who I love. Her name's called Fabian Fredrickson, and she talks about sharing your gift. And I think that's the most important thing as well, because as we've realized, it's almost like, wow, I've been through all of this. I've been through a transformation so I can teach someone else, so I can lead someone else. And I think whenever you share those pieces of you, it helps you tap into your purpose even more so and realize that you have one. So basically, it's um, knowing why you're doing what you're doing and loving the process that you're in because it's about the journey and finding that this journey, the amazing piece is that this is what you'll be teaching to somebody else. And again, that's how you, how you tap into that amazing purpose of yours. Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's just been a breath of fresh air to hear how you approach business. And it's such an inspiration to hear how 
you find client when so much of the industry is telling us a very different story. So thank you so much. Oh, I remembered one thing to share, if that's okay. Of course. This happens. It always comes at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if anybody listening, and I hope this is okay um, to share, Paul, if anyone is listening and they want to delve in more of this idea of this special someone um, and learn about all of these dating analogies and just digest this in a really easy way, I've created... I, it's actually more of a storybook at this point. I call it a manifesto, but it really is like a like a childlike storybook and how to do business in a really simple way and how to connect with your special someone. Um, so I've created a little book on that called Everyone Is Not Your Someone, kind of everything we've been talking about today, um, if anybody listening wants to um, take a peek at that. That's wonderful. Yes, I will link that up in the show notes. And thank you again so much, Diane, for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Diane, for joining me on the show today. If you like what you've heard, be sure to go over to the site at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash Diane Polly, or you can go directly to her site at dianepolly.com to sign up for her complimentary courses that are running in March. If you're dreaming of becoming an entrepreneur yourself and you want to find a coach to help you do that, either in starting your own business or if you really want to just break out of feeling stuck in your life, my new full-time gig is as a life coach and I love working with women who want to feel like they are living in what I call their no-toggle zone, which just means in all sorts of authenticity. So if you are curious, hit up the site to learn more and you can get a free 30-minute consultation call with me just to see what coaching is all about and you'll get to talk to me real time on the phone. Next week on the show, I have Emily Wapnick of Putty Like. We will be talking about what it means to be what she calls a multi-potentialite or someone who is a modern renaissance soul. I've said before that I definitely self-identify with this. It's that amazing space where you know that you have so many interests and so many things that you want to do that you might have a hard time narrowing them all down. Emily has also done a really amazing TED Talk. She's a really amazing woman, and you're going to want to catch that episode. So come on back next week to hear from Emily. And until then, may your days be filled with so much joy.